0: Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. I have a very special episode for you today. This will come out a few days before December 5th, which is annual Celebrate Shelter Pets Day, and I knew just who I wanted to talk to for this. John Rush is back. John is a professional Canadian football player, a vegan an advocate for ending violence against women, and a lover of shelter dogs. We talk about breeding, shelter pets, and why you should adopt and not shop. Enjoy the episode. Well, thank you for joining me again.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, I thought that it would be fun. Um, I had to look back and see what the day was actually called, but we're recording this. In honor of uh, December 5th, which is apparently Celebrate Shelter Pets Day.
1: There you go. I
0: wanted to um, talk specifically about that on the podcast soon. And I was like, who better to talk to (laughs) than John about celebrating shelter pets? So give us a, if people haven't listened to the very first episode, which shout out to you for being brave enough to be my first episode again. Um, Yeah, there you go. Give us a little recap of your shelter pets that you have right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, I've been adopting dogs since I was nine years old. Um, I somehow convinced my parents when I was a nine-year-old to let me have a, a this crazy black lab from the Niagara Humane Society. Um, he, he was a great dog. He was wild. An absolute <laughs> wild dog. Just uh, but he was great. He was he was so much fun. And then we had him for 14 years. Um, and then when I went to college, he 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 uh, passed away. But um, 14 years it, is a
0: long time for a bigger dog, too.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's a, it was it was crazy how long we had him. It, wow. It was like I think it surprised kind of all of us, which was which obviously was you know it was very good for us. We were happy with it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was a very long time for a, a big dog. But um, now. Right now, I have two dogs, Bone and Bailey. Bone's a uh, 150 pounds. Uh, <laughs> most most people think he's a polar bear, but he's a Great Pyrenees Saint Bernard mix. And Bailey, uh, I was fostering her uh, at the start of the year, and like the first day I fostered her, I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna adopt this. Girl. <laughs> and like,
0: she's yeah. still here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: So I knew I was gonna adopt her kind of from the start. So, um, but yeah, she's she's about a hundred pounds. She's about to turn one. Um, She's a great Pyrenees something mix. We're not really sure yet. We got bone DNA tested, so we know, but we Very don't fun. know. What
0: is, so, did you have you fostered dogs before Bailey, or was that the first one? And then you were like, "Oh, this is going to be a problem."
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I did foster one dog before Bailey. I fostered Wolfie. Um,
0: oh, okay, but, I do actually remember that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was kind of there for a couple months. Uh, he was a great dog. He was wild as well, and like we we had to work with him. He was a uh, So he came from, like, northern Manitoba where, um, like, he was just, like, a wild dog. Like, he, like, had never been in a home. He had never, like, lived with people. They found him, like, living underneath a porch. (laughs) Uh, They thought he was a coyote at first. Um, So, like, yeah, like, he was just, like, when I got him, he was, I want to say, like, I can't remember exactly, but he was, like, four or five months. Okay. And he lived outside his entire life.
0: So literally wild like yeah, not like,
1: just, like yeah like a legitimately wild dog. and so like there was like a lot of work we had to do with him that um like he was just crazy. <laughs> he was just crazy you know? <laughs> it, it wasn't used to living in a, in a home but by the end of it, like I have pictures and videos like like he loved it by the end It was like the, like just like love to cuddle, love to like hang out on the couch like, he would like. He was like. He was kind of like a German Shepherd, probably Husky mix. So he had a lot okay. of energy. Mm-hmm. So he would like. He he loved to wrestle, but like he also he was a big chill too. So.
0: Yeah. So yeah. what about Bailey when you fostered her? Where you were like, oh shit, I'm gonna keep this dog. <laughs>
1: uh, she the the problem with Wolfie was yeah he was gonna be a smaller dog and like he loved to wrestle so much, um but with how big Bone is, I always had that fear that like Bone would just. Throw him and he'd like break his leg or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like that was always like a big concern of mine because like like bones not aggressive in any way like like at all. But like when they're playing around, bones so big that it's easy for him just to just like jump up in the air and if he lands funny, like there goes a leg or there you know there goes bone a bone could break
0: a leg of mine on accident.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like- exactly right. So like. So, like, I have to be, like, I have to be, like, really careful about, especially when he's, like, around other people when he wants to play. Like, I'm like, hey, like, you <laughs> like, he can play, but, like, you guys <laughs> got to know, like, he's 150 pounds, and, like, that's a lot of dogs. So, yeah. so with Wolfie, it, it was, like, it just didn't really make sense mm-hmm. for, like, kind of, like, our situation. Uh, but then when Bailey came around, she I got I got her at, like, 16 weeks, and she was already, like, 60 pounds and I'm like oh this girl's a unit yeah (laughs) she's a big girl like and like and she like loved to wrestle too she was like she was about that like life where she would like come in hot and like just like no fear so uh so it just kind of worked out and she's like she's about to turn a year she's like 110 pounds like and she like when she plays with bone she like holds her own like Mm -hmm. I'm not like ever worried about like a situation where uh like Bailey would get hurt because like I honestly I honestly worry more about bone because of how like wild (laughs) Bailey is girl uh... after
0: my own heart
1: (laughs) yeah exactly right so uh yeah but yeah so like that when I kind of met her I was just like oh yeah this girl like she's a unit I love it like yeah this girl's gonna this girl's gonna stay here
0: so you had the foster dog growing up that you convinced your parents yeah. to get how did you get bone like what was like you were in school and so you didn't have a dog for a while right like you know going to college and stuff
1: yeah so um it was, actually took me a long time um so it all all of university I didn't have a dog um like it just didn't make sense I had you know so much other stuff going on like um you know I, I think people like get dogs in college not the right move really and you're an like,
0: athlete too so that's like yeah, a lot of time and
1: exactly right so like there's there's so much stuff going on in, in college and especially with the a- added athlete part on top of that it's just like it's not really a good time for a lot of people mm-hmm. to be getting dogs or like animals mm-hmm. um but yeah so like i waited till i was out and then i like played my first full year at the cfl and i'm like you know what like i'd really i really want a dog like you know i love dogs i'm like i'm established now i have you know money coming in i feel like i can Take care of a dog again um so i actually looked for like eight months um oh wow yeah like i was i was looking every day like i knew i wanted a big dog my first dog hunter was a black lab he was like he was like 90 to 100 pounds kind of hovered in there uh and my brother has a 130 pound rottweiler uh that i love <laughs> yeah that that like me me and hugo like me and hugo are best friends
0: hugo like, oh my god yeah,
1: he loves me i love him it's, it's you know like we're the we're besties and i live with my brother for a while so I, I always knew I'm like, hey, like if I'm getting a dog, I want a, a big dog so I can, um, that it can play with like Hugo. Mm-hmm. So like I, like I don't want like a small dog. Hugo's like a Hugo's a big Rottweiler, right? So
0: that um, Hugo would see as a snack.
1: Well, exactly, <laughs> right? So like I wanted a dog that they could like wrestle and play around with it yeah. and do all that stuff with, and that like I could like wrestle with too. Like, you know, I like I love playing with I love playing with the dogs, especially in the snow. Like, um, so. I was looking for like eight months and then it was like super it honestly how I got bone was super fluke it was crazy uh we were And on hold body. on just a
0: sec did you know that you wanted a, a shelter dog right like you were like oh yeah okay yeah yeah
1: I, I wasn't I wasn't gonna do anything else yeah like okay. we at that time like we bought all like me and a couple guys on the team like volunteered at the Winnipeg Humane Society and did all that like there yeah there was no chance I was ever not gonna get a, a okay. shelter dog so yeah. I
0: figured just making sure
1: yeah <laughs> So um so it was super fluke actually like I uh we were on bye week it was like week I want to say like 17 of 18 on the season and we had a bye week so I flew home to Niagara to see my parents and I was looking on the website it's called petfinder.com and it, it shows kind of like all the uh shelter dogs in your area uh, it's a sweet re- website it's uh that's where I found both my dogs actually um and uh so I was just like looking on there like while I was home to to see, like, because, like, I'm 2,000 kilometers away in Winnipeg, obviously, the dogs are going to be, you know, very different, so I was looking, just, like, one morning, and, and like, Bone was the first dog to pop up, and, you know, it was, like, this big white dog, it was, like, Great Pyrenees, I'm, like, man, Great Pyrenees, like, I never even heard of Great Pyrenees, before. yeah, I'm, like, what the hell is this, like, so I looked at him I'm, like, man, like, this dog looks crazy, like, but he looks big. Like, I'm like, I got to go see this dog. He's a <laughs> big like,
0: boy. Yeah. Like, I'm like,
1: I, I got to see this dog. right? You know what I mean? I, I'm like, I'm like here for a week. So like, so I messaged him. I'm like, Hey, like, you know, I'm here for a week. Like, can I come see this dog? And they're like, yeah, for sure. Like one works. And I'm like, I could be there in like 45 minutes. Right? <laughs>
0: see you soon. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like they're like, all right. So I, I whip up to, it was like, it was in Hamilton. So I whip up like 45 minutes away from my house. And I meet this dog and I'm like, oh, yeah, like I'm adopting this dog. <laughs> like I told him straight up. I'm like, oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. So like he just got there like literally that day. And they're like, well, he's not neutered. He needs to be neutered. Like he still needs to get all his vaccines and, and do all that stuff. I'm like, OK, like that actually kind of works out perfect because I still had to go back to Winnipeg for a couple weeks. Uh, like because we still had like the last regular season game and, and uh, some playoffs to finish. But I'm, like, I'll be back in, like, three or four weeks. Can I pick him up then? They're, like, yeah, it's perfect. He'll be, like, fully healed, fully ready mm-hmm. to go. I'm, like, perfect. So, like, yeah, like, we finished up the season. I drove home and, and went and picked him up, like, right after that.
0: And didn't – I think you shared this before. I, I don't think I made this up. Wasn't he, like, really close to, like, getting ixnade?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. He was so uh, – like, his story is – um He's actually from a breeder originally. Uh, His first family got him from a breeder. um, And then at six months or six to seven months, he got too big. He was like, he was like a hundred pounds at six months. And um, they, they gave him up for adoption and uh, he's from Quebec. And there's a lot of, a lot of shelters in Quebec are still kill shelters. Um, Mm. And they're not, they're not as common in, in uh, like Ontario or Manitoba. It's like very rare that you'll find that but in Quebec they're still uh relatively common so he he was at a kill shelter and he was there for like I think he was there for like two two or three months and then like they're just like especially because how big he is it's like he's not like a cheap dog to like house and and take care (laughs) of you know what I mean like it's a lot of money for shelters to take care of them and most shelters are already on like very thin budgets yeah so the shelter was like called out that so, like he was like set to be euthanized that week and the, the shelter like called out to like other shelters they're like hey like this dog's like perfectly fine they're like we just can't afford to take care of him anymore oh my so. god so we're gonna like have to put him down kind of thing um if like if someone doesn't come pick him up so the shelter i got him from drove nine hours to quebec to pick him up drove nine hours back and then i just happened to see him literally the morning they got back from Quebec and then adopted him, like, from there.
0: The universe but, was like, this is John's dog. Yeah, literally, right?
1: <laughs> so, so like, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like, he was, like, literally about to get uh, killed and, like, like he's such a perfect dog. Like, he, I mean, you've seen all the pictures and videos mm-hmm. of him. Like, he's, he's a big chill, like, doesn't, like, he was perfectly trained, perfectly house trained. He doesn't have any accidents. Like, he's chewed the odd thing, but, like, doesn't chew shoes. Like, his favorite thing is, like, wooden spoons. So, I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, so, like, I just, I learned to, like, put away wooden spoons. You know what I mean? That's, like, like also
0: that, kind of cute. I like, know, I know right? he shouldn't, but, like, it's kind of cute.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, he, he's such a great dog that I'm, like, there's literally nothing wrong with this dog. Like, it's crazy how good he is and, and like, how, like, he's well-trained, like, knows how to sit, give a paw, like, do all the tricks. Aww. Like I'm, like, man, like, I can't believe someone gave him up. And, like, not to mention, like, Great Pyrenees St. Bernard's, if you can get them from a breeder, like that's like five or six thousand dollars. Like they're not like cheap dogs. Like I, I looked into it after because a couple of people told me they're like, they're like, oh, did you get them neuter? Like you should breed them. And I'm like, fuck no. Like, like <laughs> you're not, missing like, the point. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, first of all, no. And like second of all, like, like, why would I do that? And like people are like, oh man, like you can make so much money. Like Great Pyrenees is like, especially good looking ones like that, like go for so much money. So I looked into it and, like, they do. Like, if you That's have a good-looking, like, like people were telling me he could be, like, a show dog because of how good-looking he is and that, like, I should breed him and make a bunch of money. I'm, like, I'm, like, so the family that had him before me, mm-hmm. like, I I don't know what they were thinking. Like, I don't know, like, what they were thinking when they, had, they bought him, like, what was going on in their minds. Because they, like, they definitely paid a lot of money for this dog and gave him up after six months like for no reason for absolutely no reason because he's too big right like, like that was well their like, but how did they not know he was going to get big if you got him from a breed like you know what i mean like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like he's a great Pyrenees saint Bernard. like <laughs> <laughs> they're literally called giant dog breeds right like it's not like you go into it's not buying... a secret yeah it's not like you buy like a ford f-150 and then you get it you're like oh <laughs> this is a truck oh, i wanted a fucking car like i wanted a <laughs> You know, I wanted a Prius. Like, no, like, that's not how it works, right?
0: Well, and that's one of the a couple things you said. I think one of the misconceptions, or at least we like kind of want to think that way to like make us not feel so guilty, is like, oh, I bet at kill shelters they only put down dogs that are like sick or that are not going to get adopted or whatever. And you're like, yeah, Bone was fine. Yeah, it literally well, is because they couldn't afford him.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's and that's the problem. Like, it's not just because they're sick. And it's not just because they're bad dogs or anything like that. It's just a lot of the times it comes down to money and, and just the length of time they stay in the shelter. If they, mm-hmm. if they don't get a lot of, a lot of the kill shelters have set like dates. It doesn't matter like, you know, what kind of dog it is or like how good it is. It, it's like every, every shelter is different, but it's like, if this dog has been here for six months and it hasn't been adopted, it just gets put down. Like, I like that's just like the rules. Some of them have. And, and it's like, it's super crazy, but like it, I would never blame the shelters. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it, I, I would never put the onus on the shelters because, you know, they're first of all, like completely overrun and running on shoestring budgets. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, like they can't, they can't just like, like hold dogs forever. Like I, I completely understand. It's like, it's has to like, shelters are, are bandage. Mm. Like a gun wound, you know what I mean? It's like yep. these people, like shelters, you know, they're doing the best they can, right? they like all these rescues and shelters; they're just they're trying the best they can to manage the problem. Mm-hmm. But it's like putting a bandage over a shotgun wound in your stomach. You know what I mean? It's just like it; it's not solving anything. No, and the problem's only getting worse. We're just bleeding more, right? right. So that's kind of like there's a, there's a larger problem here.
0: So what are some of the laws or changes that have happened in Canada or in like different providence? Cause I know in the U S it's like state by state has their own different thing and everything varies so much. Is there any kind of changes in the mix?
1: I mean, it's, it's pretty similar here. Um, like a lot of it's like local, like municipality ruled as well. Like in Winnipeg, you can't have pit bulls, but outside of Winnipeg, you can, um, in all of Ontario, you can't have pit bulls. Um, so it, it's kind of like, it's, it's, it's kind of the same where it's like place by place is different. Um, but like, for the most part, there really isn't any regulation around dogs at all. Um, except for pit bulls. <laughs> like that's pretty much the, like anybody can breed a dog. Like it, you don't need a license. You don't need to register. You, you don't have to do any of that. Um, you know, there's, there's not very much, uh, regulation in Canada, uh, pretty similar to the States. I'd say like, um, I know there's, there, there are a couple of States that are coming out with some, um, really good regulations regarding backyard breeders and things like that. Um, which is, you know, which is amazing, Mm amazing. Uh, but at the same time, it's, there's so much of it happening that it's like, uh, like I said, it's just, it's not, like, it's not really helping yet, so.
0: Yeah, so was, I mean, obviously you've been a lover of shelter dogs since you were little, but where does the motivation come from, or when did you kind of start thinking, like, oh, I really want to, like, make this a thing I'm working on in my life, because you started uh Russia's Rescue Kitchen, right?
1: Rescue Dog Kitchen.
0: Rescue dog kitchen. Darn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why yeah, I had no, to throw no. your last name in there. Cause there was an R.
1: No, uh, it's, it's the, uh, the dog's Instagram is Russia's rescues.
0: Yeah. I, and I, I have
1: too many accounts.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I've seen that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, make yeah. that up. Okay. I feel no,
1: better, You're good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you're really becoming more and more and more outspoken about, you know, adopt, don't shop. So like, where does that come from? Like, is it just kind of like a passion that you've, you're like, this is, I care about this. I can't not talk about it.
1: Yeah, it's – I mean, like, obviously, like, I've been adopting dogs since I was young, right? And uh, it just uh, – it, it kind of all stemmed from just, like, these misconceptions that I hear all the time. And, um, I mean, it's, it's just difficult to stand by and, and see the statistics and see, see uh, what these dogs go through. Like, when you spend time with dogs, like, and anybody – I always find it very interesting that when you, ha- you know people that own dogs – and you know those people understand those dogs personalities how they can still sit there and i mean one not be vegan but two (laughs) still buy from a breeder knowing that there are dogs in shelters and Mm. and like that's kind of where it stems from because i'm like like i've spent i've spent my entire my entire basically life has been with shelter dogs you know i had hunter first and now i have bone and bailey and i had wolfie and like there's nothing wrong with these dogs like there's they're perfectly good dogs and they have humongous personalities. Mm-hmm. Um, Bailey is an absolute coward. Um, you know, something falls in the house and it could be in a completely different room and she's taken off. Like oh. she's a coward. Like there's not like, uh, anything out of the ordinary kind of thing. Uh, you know, which is fine. Like mm-hmm. and bone is like the complete opposite. He's a huge protector. Like will defend anything. Um, but, like, you see their personalities and you see, you know, like, sometimes, like, with Bailey, you can see that they, they sense fear. They sense emotions. Like, these dogs yeah. have emotions and you can really see it um, when you spend time with them. Like, they're not just dogs. And, like, you know, when, when people that don't own dogs are like, oh, like, they're just dogs. I'm like, yeah, like, you just haven't spent time with them. But, like, for people that have spent time with them. Mike, man, you like, you understand that these dogs have personalities mm-hmm. that they're literally just like humans, except they can't, you know, speak English. Mm-hmm. And they have that personality. They have those emotions. Like, you know, they do. So to think like, in my mind, thinking that, um, you know, bone is sitting in that shelter, like shaking because he's so afraid or, or Bailey, you know, freaking out, like, you know, crying and whimpering in a corner, like to think that that happens still in a society where there are so many dog owners and there are so many people that understand dogs have emotions, is like a super uh, to me, like fucked up thing mm-hmm. where I'm like, man, like these dogs can't speak, but they can, they can definitely show emotions. And I'm like, just trying to teach people that like, man, like understand this, like
0: yeah, yeah. dogs
1: feel emotions. Like you, you should be like when, you know, 2 million dogs in the States enter the, enter you know shelters every single year two million two million yeah or it's two million animals sorry but that includes cats but it's like at 1.1 million that's a, like
0: holy shit <laughs>
1: over a million dogs enter the shelters every single year like man like that's super messed up like and a, and a lot of them have to get euthanized because it's it's impossible to keep up you can't just keep what are you going to do your whole city's just going to be a giant shelter like you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. like, there's like a larger problem here that I'm, that I like, you know, when I see, when I think about bone, you know, being euthanized or Bailey getting euthanized, I'm like, man, like, like that would destroy me. Like that would Ugh. absolutely destroy me thinking about. So uh, to think that there's 2 million dogs or 2 million animals a year that enter the shelter system that don't even get a chance. Uh, you know, I, I think it's like, I have a platform. So I, I'm like, I should use this to do something.
0: Yeah. And I think we, we've talked about this before, but that um, we just underestimate animals, right? Like we just underestimate their ability to connect. And like you said, like they have emotions, they have personalities. They know, I think things before we know, you see all those videos of like animals, like when women are pregnant, that it just like lay on the stomach of the woman. Cause they are like, something's happening in here. Yeah. Like they're so smart. They sense things. They smell things. We, one of my parents' shelter dogs, he's um, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but he's um, half pit bull, half grape Dane. Right. And um, he, he can jump and, and be a little bit uh, overwhelming at times. But when my grandma was staying with us, she has Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm that dog would sit by her side and sit under her feet and just lay there and let her pet him, which was like the most heartwarming thing. And then also my mom and I were like, you little shit, you know exactly what you're doing. Cause you jump on us, but you don't jump on her. What yeah. are you doing? Like yeah. they know, oh, they yeah. know
1: hundred percent. They're smart. I mean, like, it's crazy. Like bone bone. I, I give it to him all the time. I'm like, I'm like, you're an idiot, but you're so smart. Like, you like, <laughs> Like, because I give him shit. When he steals something he knows he's not supposed to have. Like, he's not a dumb dog. He knows there's certain things he can have and certain things he can't. And when he steals something he's not supposed to have, and I'll be, like, sitting on the couch in the living room, he'll, like, walk by the living room, but, like, turn his head. So he, like, he's like, oh, he can't see me if I turn my head. But I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, (laughs) I know you're doing something if your head's turned. I'm like, like, the fact that he, like, in his mind knew enough that he's not supposed to have this item and he's trying to hide it from me. Like that's smart. Like Mm -hmm. it's a smart thing to do, but like the way he did it was just not the smartest. (laughs) But I'm like, man, like dogs are smart. These, These, these creatures, they're not stupid. Oh like, no. You don't see it, right?
0: Not at all. No, my favorite is watching my parents' dogs try and like bury a toy away from you, but they're like sitting next to you and putting it in a blanket, but they're like, yeah. they'll never know. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my favorite. They can't favorite. see it. They don't know <laughs>
0: It'll be under this blanket, they'll forget. But exactly. they still are trying to hide it from you. And yeah, you know, they're so much smarter. I oh I've been torturing myself lately looking at rescue sites nonstop because I want a dog so bad.
1: Yeah so
0: bad so bad this conversation is not helping there you go (laughs) (laughs) um i think the statistic you just said i mean i know this is just audio so no one will be able to see my dumbfounded face but when you said two million animals in the states enter shelters like i i knew it was high but sometimes i just don't look at the numbers because it's sad which is totally i need to i need to know the scope of the problem but holy shit
1: oh yeah it's like it's a problem It's like, and like, so I don't know if you've seen the movie, uh, I love dogs. Mm -mm. Watch it. It's a, I'm pretty sure it's a Wes Anderson movie. So it's like super, um, it's super like, it's like different and very artsy, Mm -hmm. but the whole, the whole movie is about, so what happens in the movie is, is, uh, uh, I think it's Japan gets overrun by dogs because of, uh, you know, overbreeding and overpopulation and, and, they just, they can't handle the problem anymore because there's just too many dogs. And what happens is uh, a sickness breaks out within the dogs. It's kind of ironic that, you know, coronavirus I was just going
0: to say, who Yeah, I know.
1: So a sickness breaks out. It's called like dog cough or something like that. So what they do is they ban all dogs. All dogs get exiled and they ship them off. Every single dog in the entire country gets shipped off to an island where, Um, it's a garbage, it's like where they go dump their trash. It's another kind of like, you know, trope on society, but I was just going to say,
0: well, all of the metaphors here.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. But, uh, so, so what happens in the movie is, you know, the whole movie is about how, uh, you know, one of a, a very elite person's dog gets shipped off by accident to the, to this island. And this, uh, this kid, this elite kid, uh, goes, goes back to save them. It goes to this garbage island to save them, and then comes back to society and tries to reintroduce dogs into society. And it's like we are on par, and we are on path to essentially reach that. Like mm. we are, we are, we are breeding at such a rate. You know, in in uh, I think it was Norway or one of the Scandinavian countries, they just had a coronavirus outbreak in their mink farm and had to kill millions of minks. And, and it's like, man, like how, how is a society, do we not understand that what we're doing right now, like you can't just keep breeding dogs and bringing them into society and then people abandoning them. Like the, like eventually the shelters will become overrun. And when the shelters are become overrun, people will just abandon them into forests or
0: which already happens,
1: which already happens at an alarming rate, but it's just going to be, become more and more prevalent. And then all of a sudden, dogs are going to be everywhere. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and it's be- going to become a problem in 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 places, unless like legislation is introduced, right? And okay. like that's like that's ultimately what it all kind of circles around to. It. And I know a lot of people are like very anti-government and anti, you know, control. But the fact of the matter is, people are shitty. <laughs> like, people <laughs> are to do whatever they can. Until they get like, and continue to get away with like that is at the end of the day people are shitty and they that's what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot continue to expect people to do the good the right thing. It just it just will not happen, and you know until you know someone steps in and tells these breeders like yeah you can't do this anymore. Until like all our shelters are cleared out and it's actually interesting because if you look at a lot of European countries mm-hmm. they've done this in Ger- Germany like you're not allowed to buy from a breeder until one, you've proven that you've looked at every shelter and the shelters are empty. And two, like you have to pass like courses to buy a dog in like European countries. You have to like buy, if you have a car, you have to buy special like mounts for the car and special seatbelts and all this other crazy stuff. It's like, It is a very intensive process in European countries. It makes you have to be like a
0: responsible pet owner.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And it's just like, this is what we need. (laughs) Like, yeah, like they are not having a dog problem in Germany or, you know, these other countries, like in these European countries, like they actually, a lot of those countries ship in dogs from other countries that are having overpopulation problems, like shipping and shelter dogs, because they've done such a good job managing the dog population that there's no shelter dogs. Wow. And like, and, and like, that's where like we need to progress to as a society or it's, we're just going to end up like I love Dogs, where all dogs are going to be banned. And like, that's, you know, that's like the other side. It's just like, Hey, like if, if you guys can't get your shit together, yeah. this is what's like, this is like, this is where we're headed. Because right. like, you know, like I said, it's, it, it's all like these numbers are decreasing, you know, 2 million animals a year enter the shelters, the shit's not decreasing. The more people we get, the, like the more people that live in North America, the more people that are born, the, the more of these numbers are going up, right? So like, we, we got to do something.
0: Well, and I think a lot of people fall back on the like, but I wanted this dog, or I wanted this specific thing, or I've heard people being like, I was waiting for the right color dog. I'm just like, I can't with you. i like, I actually can't have a conversation with you, <laughs> like, yeah. um, but uh, you can find any type of dog in rescue. There are not only dogs specific for breeds, like Pitbull rescues and Great Dane rescues and whatever, but also just like, there's every type of dog in a rescue,
1: like literally like and especially with that with that website i was saying petfinder.com mm. you can you can filter by breed you can filter by age you can filter by weight you can filter by like location you, you literally filter by anything so like wow like all of those excuses go out the window like if you want a puppy filter by puppies and i'll show you all the puppies and shelters. Mm. it's like it's not like you can't get puppies and shelters like it's 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 the in it the problem is, is it's the Instagram effect. Everyone wants the Instagrammable dog, right? Everyone That just wants made my
0: stomach at, hurt.
1: Well, it's the truth, right? I it's, know. It's, it's, everyone wants that Instagrammable dog. And it's kind of hilarious that I have obviously a very Instagrammable dog. Well, two- I was well, just going to say, dogs, don't
0: leave Bailey <laughs> out of this. No, yeah.
1: Both of them are very good looking, right? Like, <laughs> But the thing is, I got both of them in shelters still. So it's not like you can't get an Instagrammable dog in shelters. And that is far from the reason I got them. I got them <laughs> because they were, they were huge and I wanted big dogs. Yeah. Um, But like to all those people that, you know, want the Instagrammable dog, want the picture perfect dog, it's like, you can still do that. You can still like, you know, uh, if two million animals are entering the shelters every year, like you don't think you can. You, you don't think you'd be able to get one mm-hmm. out of 2 million animals. You don't think one's going to be right. for you? <laughs> like, come on. Like people are just lazy. You know what I mean? People are just, and people are lazy and shitty and like, they just don't want to. And it's sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to think about that. You know, people won't do the right thing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but like they won't. So, so- you know, so you're do-
0: fully in support of like legislation needs oh, yeah. to. Oh yeah. Help this oh. problem because you're like without it. I'm just kind of trying. I'm just correct me if I'm wrong, but your your point of view is like without it. Here's our problem.
1: Yeah. No. Hundred percent. And like, like I said, like you, you can see, you can, you can already see the problem, right? And like right. what's happening, um, and you can just see like it's like the capitalistic society we live in is people are going to do, like, if you can make money doing it, people are going to do it mm. right? and and puppy mills, you can make a lot of money because people are stupid and they'll pay a lot of money. So like there's only so much education you can do as a person. Like I can educate, you know, all I have 17,000 followers. I can educate all 17,000 followers I have, but you know, in Canada there's 32 million other people <laughs> like, <laughs> like you know what i mean there's there's always so much education you can do right before uh before like you there there needs to be something else and like it's not like it's not like shelters are something that's new you know what i mean it's not like it's not like rescues are like a new thing that like have just popped up in the past 10 years so like people are still learning about them you know all that stuff it's like no shelters have been around like dog like the pound the pound is like you know you see you see like you see that in movies that are based in like the 1800s, you know what I mean? Like the the pound, which is a shelter, have been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, people know about this. They're in they're in books. They're in movies. They're in like they made an entire movie called Lady and the Tramp about you know <laughs> about it. Like it's a whole Disney movie. It's it's <laughs> like there's always so much education you can do about shelter dogs before you're like okay this isn't fucking working. We need to do something else. Like and it's like. It's like all this. It's all like it's. It kind of goes back to the same stuff with the coronavirus. It's like, all right, we need to do something. Like Ugh. what we're doing right now isn't working. We need to do something else. And and you know like, it's it, we, we could go on forever about it. But like yeah, like we need legislation. Like people have shown for the past literally hundreds of years, right, that they're shitty, and this problem is slowly getting out of control.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And at, at, at a certain point, we'll be at a point where like where we won't we won't be able to control it without actively hunting dogs because they're going to run, overrun our population. And it's like a super fucked up thing to think about. But if you look at if you look at other places like, you know, if you look at places like Montana and Idaho and, and, and these places that have a lot of national parks when they have overpopulation problems, they put bounty outs on those overpopulated problems. And they get paid to kill those animals. At a certain point, right? the way we're progressing, if people keep abandoning them, dogs in forests and, you know, in, in national parks and, and just like out in the streets, like it, it happens all the time, these dogs are going to start having to be hunted because they're going to be wild dogs. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. If, if like with Wolfie, we're lucky we got him at a young age. We were able to yeah. domesticate him still. But in, in Manitoba, it's it's a very serious problem in northern Manitoba where people abandon uh, dogs into the wilderness,
0: and oh, they really
1: they, oh they roam around in packs and they kill people because they're they're wild animals, right? You know what I mean? They and we will progress to that as a society if something isn't done like yes like i i am full like i am full in for like legislation and and there needs to be some control over if if you're going to still allow breeders there needs to be some control over you can't just let everyone breed dogs it's it's just it's one insanely unethical and two it's leading to a, a, a more widespread issue
0: do you see any ethical way for breeding to exist
1: In the current state of our society, absolutely not. I, if let's say, I know a lot of people will take uh, offense to this be, with service dogs and dogs with you know they need mm. dogs that have jobs and things like that. But you know, with our RCMP uh, in Canada, they they've mandated that they're going to take a certain amount of uh, rescue dogs to train as as police dogs. You know, every year. Oh wow. And it's just, like, like so, like I, like, I get it. Like, I get there are, like, certain jobs mm-hmm. and certain careers and certain people. Like, there, there are certain illnesses and, and certain people that need service dogs and need, you know, canine dogs and, and police dogs and things like that. But, like, it's shown that you can still get those dogs from shelters you know what I mean? It, it like, you can still train those dogs. Like, you yeah,
0: can, that's the tough. pushback a lot. I hear is service animals. They're like, what about service yeah. animals
1: for sure? And, and like, Oh, like, okay. Like even, even if we took that out of it, even if we're like, okay, you know what? If you're breeding a dog to be a service animal, good. Continue. You got it. No problem what percentage of people are, are getting dogs for, you know, a service animal? Yeah. It, is, it is a very slim percent. It is not, you know, the overwhelming majority. It's not, a, right. I would, you know, I don't know the exact statistic, but I would take a gander that it's less than 1% of people that are buying dogs are getting them for service animals.
0: Mm-hmm. You know
1: what I mean? So like, okay, like, sure. Let, let people breed dogs to continue to, you know, have those service animals. Sure. Great. Whatever that's not addressing the issue like yeah totally like that's like it's like we're not dealing with the 99.5 percent of people that are buying dogs not to be service animals Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so so in in today's society as it stands with two million dogs or two million animals entering shelters every single year no there 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 just isn't an ethical way in North America to buy from a breeder Mm -hmm. it's like, like I said, unless you need a very specific dog for a very specific reason um, and you've tried to look at in shelters, it's not ethical. If you're getting a family dog, no, it, it's, in, it's impossible to know that these dogs, these perfectly fine dogs are sitting in shelters suffering and going and asking someone to bring another dog into society for your own, for your own need. Even though there is there's perfectly good dogs that could meet your need um, in shelters. It's completely unethical.
0: I remember hearing where I was where I went to grad school, I would go to the shelter there because um, someone I knew would foster animals. So I would go with them mm-hmm. to pick them up and stuff. And she was telling us about how, you know, like Easter was coming and they'll probably have a lot of bunnies soon. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, Easter comes, and these parents buy bunnies for their kids, and then they realize that they don't really want a bunny, and we get a bunch of bunnies around Easter. And I was like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah. Come it's, on. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's the same with uh, – it's at Christmas, too, with puppies. Ugh. Plenty of people do it with they'll, – they'll buy puppies at Christmas, have them for, like, a week, and then be like, oh, this is too much work, and then abandon. So in January – the uh the shelters get flooded with puppies
0: well Crazy. this episode you know coming out the first week of december hopefully a few people are like oh adopt <laughs> for <Yeah>. the holidays <laughs> yeah go to a yeah. shelter and help them out
1: It'd be how, nice.
0: how are shelters funded in canada is it all private
1: uh for it, it it depends. We do have some that are uh so like in Winnipeg we have the Winnipeg Humane uh no sorry we have the Winnipeg Animals uh Services. Mm-hmm. So that would be like that would be like your typical pound. Right. Um, it is city funded.
0: So uh, like some similar to the states kind of mix of everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like yeah, so so we have like the animal services um but then we have like the humane society that I think they do get a little bit of provincial funding okay um but for the most part it's like largely like donors and stuff like that and then and then we have you know um you know a bunch of smaller shelters that are completely like um run on like fundraised money and uh uh have no provincial or federal funding kind of thing
0: man that's a lot like that's a it's it's a lot of money to keep a shelter going
1: oh it it, it's it's insane it's a it's an insane amount of work and it's a insane amount of you know stress and like people don't people, i don't think a lot of people realize because a lot of these a lot of the times these animals come in with a lot of medical conditions mm. like, the shelter is responsible for paying for it. so a lot of the times like the vets will give shelters discounts and things like that because they're trying to help them out but at you know at the same time like it's still expensive like there's a couple of shelters i work with that are like that have like eight to $15,000 in vet bills that they're like, man, like we can't take any more dogs on until we get these vet bills covered. Because the vets are like, obviously like, Hey, like we need you to pay because we need to pay our own bills. Right. Yeah. So, so it's like, it's, it's crazy how much money and, and time goes into these things that like so many people like just don't realize.
0: Well, and even if, you know, I mean, I don't personally understand it, but when people are like, I'm not an animal person like that, I feel like that's a red flag, but all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, sure. like, okay. Definitely- um, but when people say that, like, even if you don't connect to the emotional part of this financially, like you said, bone could have been like five, $6,000. And obviously you have to pay the shelter and costs of whatever, but I'm guessing you didn't pay $5,000 for bone.
1: No, no, I paid, I, I got them from a smaller shelter. Um, so it cost me a little bit more than most, uh, most of the time. So like if I was to get Bailey or bone from the humane society here, it's like 350 bucks. Right. Uh, and they come, they come neutered or spayed fully vaccinated, like full checkup. And I think they come with like a couple months worth of like pet insurance. If you buy from a breeder, you'll pay like $5,000. They won't come neutered or spayed. They won't come vaccinated. They won't come with pet insurance. It makes literally zero financial sense. <laughs> yeah. It is so dumb. Like it is <laughs> the stupidest thing you can do. Like I, I paid, I ended up paying uh 700 for bone mm-hmm. because, uh, um, he was, he was a bigger dog and he was at a smaller shelter. So like I had, I had no problem paying 700. Yeah, totally. You know what I mean? Like they were smaller. They, it, they neutered him. They vaccinated him. They dewormed him. Yeah. Perfect. We're good. Uh, like, I covered their costs and, and, and food basically. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine with doing that, but yeah, like it, it is, it's ridiculous to think about even just from a financial standpoint, like, you know, take the dogs out. It makes no sense. Like you can get a perfectly good dog with everything for like three to $500. It's like 10% of the cost. Like
0: Yeah. It's wildly different.
1: Yeah. It, it, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense.
0: So, do you plan to open your own rescue someday?
1: <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, it it's something I've thought about, uh, um, you know, a bunch, and it's it's an interesting question. Uh, the problem the problem with rescues and like animal sanctuaries and things like that is, like we've been talking about, is they're they're they are they they all rely on you know fundraise money, right? They all rely; they're all shoestring budgets and yep. And you know, I want to, I want to help dogs, I want to help animals, and do all that. But I also don't want to, for the rest of my life, be begging people for money. Yeah, that's not like that's not something I I think I would get enjoyment out of. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out a way to create an annual sanctuary or an animal kind of rescue business somehow um, that would kind of be self-sustaining. Like Mm. I don't need it to be profitable. I just need it to pay the bills itself. And, you know, if we have to fundraise here and there, sure, whatever. I don't care. But I don't want to be like every month setting up a GoFundMe because, you know, Bone broke a leg or I got a new cow in that, you know, has all this shit going on. It's just like I want – if I'm going to do this, I want it to be self-sustaining that we, that like, this can make sense that like it's, it's sustainable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you're just constantly like looking for, you know, fundraisers and, and money and donations and all that, like, you'll, you'll burn out like,
0: yeah, totally burn out.
1: And then you're no good to anybody. You're not helping animals. You're not helping yourself. Like, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're useless if you burn out. So, uh, so I, I'm trying to figure out how to, um, kind of sustainably do that uh it's it wouldn't be for a couple years anyway there's a there's a lot of other things that I I would want to do first before I did something like that um but it's a thought it's a thought that it's been thrown around in my mind a lot it just it it needs to be like fleshed out a lot more
0: well keep me in the loop because I say all the time like Someday I'm just going to have this big sanctuary and animals are going to roam and yeah. they're going to be saved. So I'm, I'm in. I want to there help.
1: All right. Well, we'll figure it out. One of these days we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll put our minds together and, and see what we can come up with.
0: We'll drive around in our bus caravan.
1: <laughs> Saving all the animals.
0: Saving all the animals. That actually sounds pretty ideal.
1: Yeah. Very ideal, <laughs> actually.
0: Yeah. There's just... It's hard to have this conversation with some people, I think, about like shelter pets and breeders because people get really defensive. And yeah. have you have you had conversations that like get really, I don't know, heated or uncomfortable with people that like don't understand?
1: Not really. Uh, you know, that's one of the um, benefits of being a six foot, two hundred and thirty pound male. <laughs> um in today's society is uh generally speaking most people don't argue with me especially not in person uh you know they might say things behind my back but that's one thing i care about so uh but yeah no for for the most part i don't no one's really ever said anything to me and and not even surprisingly online i've had a couple twitter you know warriors call me out and try try to call me out for uh, uh things before but never for the dog thing um Interesting. I, I mean, I, I think, it, I think it's difficult to, you know, to argue the facts. Like, yeah, I just, yeah. I just present the facts and be like, argue this, you know, 2 million animals enter the shelter every year. You going to a breeder is a shitty decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Argue
1: that like, you can't like, it's, 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 a, you, it's like, okay. Like I want a specific breed. I'm like, boom, here's pet finder. Go sort <laughs> by breed. Boom. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, uh, you know, the shelter rejected my application. It's just like, then you probably shouldn't own a dog. If a shelter rejected your application, it's because you're probably shitty. Right? Like, it's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, you know, obviously shelters uh, sometimes get hundreds of applications for a dog. Right. They have to filter them somehow. But like, but it's like, man, like, if the shelter rejected your application because like your living situation isn't great. (laughs) don't don't get a dog
0: maybe you should hold off
1: exactly it's like maybe like they're telling you something like don't get a dog like but you know but like yeah so like for the most part like no no one's really argued with me and i know i know especially with women they have very uh different lived experiences um even like when i i was i lived i grew up in niagara and uh me and, me and my brother were bartenders there for a while. And, and my mom was a waitress and my sister was a waitress there. And me and my brothers lived experiences as bartenders in Niagara Falls, uh, was significantly different than my, uh, moms and sisters. Like me and my brother never dealt with anything, uh, negative. Like people were, and like, and we were, we worked at a restaurant where the food was gross too. So <laughs> And we knew the food was gross. So like, you know, we'd go up to a table. like, How's the food? They're like, Oh, it's delicious. You know what I mean? And we're like, Oh, like, Whatever, like we know you're talking shit, but I don't care. Like as long as you tip, whatever. But like, you know, like my mom's and sisters' experience, like, like people would spit the food into their hand and be like, "Here, you try this." And and, and I've been some, a like, server like, and a
0: bartender. Yeah,
1: there you go. Like so you understand, right? Like so you know what I mean? Like so have people like confronted me about my views on on dogs? Like no, <laughs> like no, they just people generally don't confront me on on much. Yeah. Um, but like, especially not on the dog thing. And I think it's just probably because it's just very, it's very hard to argue when, you know, I can just present all these facts. It's like, you're arguing nothing. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. Which I think is cool because you recognize you're like, okay, I have privilege in this sense. Like I get to speak about these things. Like I'm going to use it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's it. Right. It's just like, I could just post pictures of me playing football, like every other, athlete but you know, like football like football is cool man but like whatever like football is gonna end one day so like like then what right right and you're no, the I re- guy that posts old pictures of you playing football <laughs>
0: like like the glory years
1: yeah exactly you're fucking like you're like what's that guy's name on Napoleon Dynamite the uncle
0: oh um
1: you know what i'm talking about yeah i do yeah yeah. Yeah, i do right like you're you're just like that that guy sitting on the porch talking about fucking high school football
0: (laughs) when you peaked
1: (laughs) yeah exactly like sick right so like at least like at least if i can i'm gonna try and do something with it now right
0: yeah i think that it's so important and people really underestimate This is going to get really, really corny, but I I fully believe it. So I'm going to say it anyway, but like people underestimate the reach they can have, you know, like I am not a six, two, whatever, (laughs) however much you weigh man, but you know, like I'm five, two and 120 pounds soaking wet. So like my impact is a little different, but I still can reach people in a different way, you know, like, and Even if one person reaches out to me and was like, whoa, the yoga class you taught tonight made me really like slow down and think about life, like that awareness they're going to share with someone else or that awareness is going to help them. And like the ripple effect could be that maybe three or four people this week think about the world a little differently. You know, like we just underestimate our reach.
1: A hundred percent. I think, I think sometimes, especially on social media, it's crazy to, to see, you know, I have, I have the analytics set up on my account and like on Twitter, I have like 10,000 followers, like nothing crazy. Like mm-hmm. you know, 10,000 10, is like a lot of people, but like, it's not like, and they, you know, when, when you have people with like hundreds of thousands and millions of followers, like 10,000 is a very, you know, it's a small amount. Mm-hmm. But like, when I look at my analytics every month, over 2 million people see my thing, like, see my post, you know what I mean? So, so when you think about that impact that, you know, that that post had that like I posted a picture of Bone and Bailey playing, you know what I mean? Like you think about that's like for me, that's just my everyday lived life and taking 10 seconds to post about it on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. But like it is it can be seen and viewed by literally millions of people. And and we all have that impact. And and if you think about, you know, the coronavirus and how it spreads, it's like the problem with it is, is it's not that, you know, us young people are going to get it and die from it. It's that we're going to get it, spread it to one person, that one person is going to spread it to five people, those five people are going to spread it to a hundred yep. people, right? And it's like, and it's that it's the same thing. You know what I mean? It's it's the same thing when you're talking about all these other things. It's like you have that ability to spread that to five people, then those five people spread it out to a hundred people, right? It's but like so many people. So many people get caught up in only spreading it to the five people at the mm. start, that they don't see that their message was then shared to a hundred other people and then to 10,000 other people from there. Yeah. Right. But they, they just see that it was only shared to those five people. Right. Or
0: only got this many likes or, or whatever it is.
1: Exactly. Right. So, and they, they, they see that and they get caught up in that. And then that's where like a lot of, uh, you know, people like kind of like fizzle out and they, 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 they they think they're not like good enough and it's just like man like you have a lot more impact uh than you think even if you're even if you're talking to your family about it like yeah I, I turned both my parents vegan I told mm-hmm. them like I'm like hey like if you guys like don't figure it out like like I, I just like I don't know what to tell you. Like if you guys die because of the way you eat like I'm gonna be very upset. And um like they went vegan because of it. You know what I mean? And and People like underestimate how much uh, influence they have just because they don't have a hundred thousand followers. Yeah, and get like ten thousand likes on a picture. It doesn't mean you don't haven't actually influenced somebody. You know what I mean? And and I think it speaks a lot more when you like you speak your own truth, even if it only is to a hundred or two hundred people, right? And it's it's uh, it's very underestimated in today's society.
0: Totally. And then you can tell when people or at least I can on social media lose that authenticity because they're trying for the 3 million people versus speaking to the ones that are listening. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't have, you know, let's say as many Instagram followers as you, but if I like gave up on that, what about the few people that have gone vegan because of what I posted and like ask me for, I get random, you know, DMS about like, okay, I'm kind of interested because of what you posted, but like, I don't know where to start. And I'm like, yay, like here's 14 million, you know, like I share yeah, yeah. this like whole thing. I'm like so excited. I'm probably very overwhelming, but I'm just like, <laughs> I'm so excited. Like yeah. you lose sight of the people you could help by trying to reach all these people that you like don't have contact with yet.
1: Exactly. You know, yeah, no, exactly. And, and, you know, it, I think people need to kind of focus on, on you know, what's right in front of them instead of what's, the potential of, of what's out there, right? Mm hmm.
0: Totally. That was like, that was deep, man. <laughs> we good. really, we really got into it.
1: Yeah. No, that was good.
0: Is there anything else you want to share about shelters or dog love or any advice for anyone?
1: Uh, I think the biggest advice for me when people are looking for dogs is like, be patient. Like it took Mm. me, it took me literally eight months to adopt bone. Um, and then it took me another, I ended up, when did I get Bailey? I, I got Bailey like a year and a half after I got Bone, Uh, and I fostered a dog in between. Um, and I'm looking for a third dog now. I've been looking for about six months and still haven't found one. Oh, you
0: are looking for a third dog. Oh
1: yeah. I'm always looking for (laughs) dogs. (laughs) <laughs> um,
0: your face oh yeah
1: oh yeah um but you know what i mean like it, it, and a lot of people get discouraged like i said like they get declined from a shelter or something like that and and you know you can get declined for a shelter for a million different reasons uh but it, like a lot of the times they just get overwhelmed with applications right so uh just like just be patient uh like you'll find a dog that's meant to be uh in your life uh at the right time It. You, you can't rush the process here. Like it's, it's not, and it's not a process process you want to rush. It's right. It's uh, you know, adopting a dog, it, it's a big deal. It's a big uh, it's a big life step, especially if it's your first dog. Um, and it's something that's not to be taken lightly. So like, yeah, if it takes six months, it takes six months. If it takes a year, it takes a year. Um, but it's definitely not something to be rushed. And you know, I, I always find it funny because a lot of people will, get upset with the shelter system taking so long and they'll go, go on a waiting list for a breeder. But then I'm like, okay, so you're going to wait two years on the wait list for a breeder. Like, yes. Just why, don't, why don't you just like during those two years, just keep looking for an adoptable. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just like, just like, be patient. Like the shelters are doing the best they can with the resources they have. And mm. uh, like, they're trying their best, but like, yeah, like it, it, it if it's meant to be like, it's, it, it'll, it'll come your way kind of thing. Like you just like, you don't want to rush into uh, adopting a dog, the wrong dog for you. If you're lazy, don't get a Husky. Like, you know what I mean? If you're active, <laughs> don't get a, don't get a great peer. Like it, it, it it's um, you know, if you're, if you want, if you travel a lot, you know what I mean? Like you got to get the right kind of dog that's going to be uh, okay with that. So uh, like, do your research, be patient um, and just kind of like, like, Just, yeah, just be patient. It's the biggest one.
0: That's really good advice. That always blew my mind too, where people are like, well, it takes so long. I'm on the list for a breeder for a bread dog. And I'm like, wait a
1: second. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. People are stupid.
0: Oh, and I was going to say too, if anyone's doing any holiday shopping, you have some fun. (laughs) If you want to put in a shameless plug.
1: Yeah, there you go. I, I, uh, Very shameless plug. I did just launch our uh, Rescue Dog Kitchen merch store. Um, we have an entire merch store. I know this is, they won't be able to see it, but I'm actually wearing the sweater right now. Um,
0: yes, it
1: says dog hair is my new aesthetic, Uh, (laughs) but yeah, so we, we just launched our merch store. Uh, we sell, we sell mugs, we sell stickers, we sell sweaters, we sell, uh, tote bags and the Christmas cards right now. Um, and a lot of, you know, we're, we're kind of expanding it to a lot of other things. And, and the whole point of it is to raise funds for dog shelters. So uh, 50% of the profits are getting donated back to, to dog shelters kind of everywhere. Um, our first, we, we just launched it this week and we've already done uh, I think almost 4,000 in sales. So, oh my gosh, John. Yeah. We're, so we're, we're, we're super happy with how it was uh, everyone kind of like perceived it and came um, and have, has liked it so far. So we're definitely going to be expanding it to include a lot more. Uh, in the future, we want to do, uh, like aprons next aprons and toques are going to be the next thing on the list.
0: Yes. Uh, I need an apron.
1: Yes. We're actually, we're sitting on 600 face masks right now as well that we're trying to get printed. Okay. We'll have a face mask coming out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like, everything's like dog related. Um, but everything's also eco-friendly. So our, our tote bags are made from recycled cotton, um, our sweaters are made from organic cotton, which uses significantly less than um, regular cotton. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything, is, everything was sourced within North America. So so the sweaters were sourced from uh, a company in the States. Uh, the, the mugs were from a company in Canada. The tote bags were from a company in Canada. The, the designers I used to help me design the products uh, were local designers in Winnipeg um, and things like that. So I tried to do everything as, uh, you know, eco-friendly and, you know, responsible as possible. I didn't yeah, to just really thoughtful. Like, yeah. Like I didn't want to just be like another fast fashion company. Right. Like, right. Like, yeah, like I definitely could have gotten these sweaters for significantly cheaper. Like I was looking at places they're like, Oh yeah. Like you can get them for like two to five bucks a sweater where I paid 29 bucks a sweater. Right. Um, you know what I mean? And yeah. Obviously my profit margins would have been way bigger and I would have been able to raise a lot more money for dogs when I like at the same time, like, fast fashion and the destruction of the environment is only, you know, uh, it's only, it's it's like, it's a catalyst to like hurting other animals. So like, what's the point of doing that? that, It doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, you're raising money for one animal, but like, you're destroying another animal's environment. So like, why why would I do that? So so everything, you know, we tried our best to make everything eco-friendly and responsible and, you know, all all of our packaging is recyclable right now uh, and things like that. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really exciting. We are like, we're, I think we're at like 50% sold out in our first week. So we're going to have, that's to amazing.
0: That. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Yeah. So we're, we're super happy with how, uh, so how it started. It's, you know, it's a one man operation. So I do, you <laughs> know, I do everything I, I pack, I ship, I, I, I get everything out myself and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot, but you know, it's for the dog. So I'm super, you know, I'm super happy about it.
0: I can put the link in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, sure. people can check that out. Cause I, hopefully my mom doesn't listen to this episode before Christmas, but she probably needs one of those tote bags and or yeah, sweatshirts.
1: There you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Perfect.
0: Yeah. It's really fun. I'm excited for aprons. I keep, I, uh, every time I cook, I'm like, I'm not going to wear an apron. That's too domestic, but I keep like fucking up my sweaters and stuff. Yeah, so exactly. yeah, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to need to jump on that when you release those. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I'll let you know. Don't worry.
0: Sounds great. Well, um, thank you again for joining me. I love talking to you. And this was a really fun episode that I wanted to do, um, before the holidays and in honor of all the shelter pets that need love.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. It's always a, it's always a good time. I always enjoy, uh, being able to kind of spread the message and, and help dogs out when I can, right?
0: Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job.
1: Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I hope you learned as much as I did in this episode. It was really great to talk about this issue and to celebrate shelter pets in honor of the day. I hope that the next time you are in the market for a new animal, a new pet for your family, you will think about adopting and not shopping. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If you want to help me get this into the ears of more listeners... Send it to a friend, text it to a family member, share on social media, and tag me. Whatever you can do really helps out. And head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and you could be read on air as a review of the week.
1: Until next time.